It's a big day today, Hartford Christian Church. Got a lot of things going on. Um, in fact, this scripture says that we don't even know what tomorrow may bring. Our life is like a mist that appears for a little while and, and then vanishes in the book of James chapter 4. And the, the fact is, uh, at least three of you weren't supposed to be here today, all right? But some things happened in Florida that changed that. And um, whether it was missing a vacation or you know, Mary lives half the year down there, got a home right now that's in danger. And right now, I'd like to pause again. Uh, if you would, please bow with me for a word of prayer uh, for the folks in, in harm's way. Lord, we ask right now, once again, that you be with those in Florida and uh, in the, any of the areas that are going to be impacted by Hurricane Irma. Lord, we ask that you will uh, keep the folks down there safe and keep their faith strong. Uh, Lord, just now help us to uh, pray for them. Remember to pray for them uh, all throughout this day and in the days to come. And Lord, we, we trust you, and we know that we ask that your will will be done. And Lord, our request is for, for safety. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And the fact is, plans do change. Uh, your today changed, for sure, uh, from what the plans originally were. But other things are happening today. Football starts. I know at least a few of you are aware of that. Um, and if you need to have a prediction on this football season, I'm going to give you the same one I gave you last year. I believe the Bears will probably win the whole thing. <clears throat> Those who laughed actually watch football. <laughs> Those who didn't think, oh, there's Mikey trying to act like he knows it all. The Bears aren't very good. That's the joke, okay? But football starts today. I know some of y'all are going to watch that. Uh, what else do we have today? Oh, our church picnic. Looking forward to that. Going to get out there and play some Frisbee and some maybe some football and some uh, cornhole. And uh, Dennis is bringing a couple cornhole sets for us. We're definitely going to have some fun at that. And what else is out there? Oh, yeah, a bunch of food. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my son Levi is uh, homesick today and next door. Um, not feeling too good in the stomach. And the first thing he said was, Dad, I don't want to have to miss the picnic. Uh, hopefully it's just something he ate and he'll be okay later today. But prob- probably not. Is today changed. But the fact is, again, every day of our lives, I think that we've got to really look at uh, the opportunity that we have to serve God, to be obedient, to be courageous, and to show our desire to follow Him. Today we'll start uh, a little branch of a series, something that we've kind of been leading up to all year long with our Do It Today series. We've been preparing to take a step of faith. And today we'll start that by looking at the parable of the talents found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, if you want to follow along or or check it out later. But right now I'll just read it. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Now, now, this translation is saying silver. We're talking about talents here, right? We're talking about talents. Dividing it in the proportions to their abilities, then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and did his mas- uh, and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. 
The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing... Even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These talents, these bags of silver that these servants were given. The fact is, we're going to take all monetary issues out of the equation today. We're looking at something given to us by the Master, by God, by our Lord Jesus. What is it, though? If it's not money, what is it that we've been given? Or maybe we should say, what do you have? What is it that you have in your lives? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. It goes on to say, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. So what do you have? Well, that scripture tells us spiritual gifts. Scripture is telling us to use what we have. What are your talents, we might be able to ask instead? What are you good at? What are some of the things that you might consider spiritual gifts? I can't answer that for you, but it's something to think about. Talking about blessings and abilities. What are yours? What blessings do you have? What abilities do you have? Are you using these blessings and abilities to serve God? And let's not forget another gift that we're given. Faith and grace. Those are definitely blessings. Hope that everyone realizes that. But you see, the fact is, all of these things, just like in the parable, they are God-given. You didn't earn God's grace. You accepted it. The blessings and abilities that you have, even the money that you might have, the talents that you have, they are God-given. But don't underestimate yourself. 
Don't underestimate the gifts that God's given us. And what you can do to use these talents, these blessings, these abilities to serve him. Man, folks, I think so many times people say, I can't. And you guys know we don't like that word here, do we? Because yes, you can. What did the second part of Peter say then? Uh, the, the verse of Peter said, you have the gift of speaking. Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Now, probably almost all of you here said, I don't have the gift of speaking, or I'm not a preacher, or I'm not good at public speaking. But wait, that's not what the scripture said. It doesn't say, do you have the gift of public speaking, does it? So now ask yourself again, do you have the gift of speaking? Because I look around this room right now, and I know that I've spoken words with almost each and every one of you. There's at least one exception here, and little Logan does not count. (laughs) He's about six months old. The rest of you, if I haven't spoke to you, I'm sorry, right? I'd like to get to know you. We can speak words now. What else was there? What else did the scripture say? Give the gift of helping others. Who here doesn't have the capability to help others in any way, shape, or form? I dare you to raise your hand. That's what I thought. We can all help each other, can we not? Well, we got to make sure that we're not just asking for help. We've got to be able to help others, too. You can accept help. Sure, absolutely. We should help each other. And when we do it, what? God himself we're speaking through you. Do it with all the energy that God supplies to you. What do you have, folks? You have talents. You have blessings. You have abilities. You have faith. You have grace. You can speak. You can walk. You can help. You have knowledge. You've been gifted. That's right. You're gifted. You ever uh, been in one of those gifted kids programs when you're going up through school? Me neither. Maybe some of you have been. Right? Maybe you were in the AP or the Honor Society or the Beta Club or um, IB program they had back home. Um, whatever it may be, you might, might call those kids gifted students. Well, the fact is, every single one of you have been gifted. You know what? With what? With the knowledge that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. Folks, you're gifted with that knowledge. That knowledge of Christ, that knowledge of His love. It's priceless. There's nothing worth more than the love of Jesus Christ. I promise you that. Those are some of your talents, your blessings, your abilities. So what do you have? You've got a lot. And you've also got a step to take. Martin Luther King Jr. said, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Now, maybe that first step would be accepting Jesus. Absolutely, no doubt. And maybe you need to take that step. I encourage you today, let's make that happen. Don't wait another day. But maybe it should say taking the next step. Because it would be the same deal. Taking the next step. You might not see the whole staircase. That's what taking a step of faith might be. What is your next step in faith? Is it putting your membership here with us? Showing that commitment? Is it praying more often? Is it getting more involved? I'm going to leave that for you to decide. But you do have that, that step to take. I promise you every single one of us has a next step to take. So that's what we have. But now what are you doing with it? 
What are you doing with these talents that you have? That the master has given us. Hopefully, you're not burying them. Or hiding. Scripture used both those words right then. But how would you be burying or hiding your, your faith? These talents, these abilities, these blessings, this faith, this grace that God has given us. How could you be doing that? Well, it's easy, really. Setting a bad example. And how can we set a bad example? By not loving the way that we should. By not being obedient the way that we should. By not following Christ the way that we should. Or being unrighteous. The scripture I read said wickedness. And an exact translation for that is unrighteousness. Not being righteous. Not following that path that Christ has laid out for us. And unrighteousness, folks, is not okay. See, as Christians, we've all been called to be righteous. It wasn't a request. We are supposed to be righteous. We've been talking about it in depth on Wednesday nights. The death, burial, and resurrection that we have when we are uh, baptized. It's watery grave. It's not just death to sin. It's also resurrection into a new life. A life of righteousness. A life of, of fruit of the Spirit. A life of kindness, of love, of humility. All things that each and every one of us need to continue to work on till the day that we die. So let's quit hiding it. Let's quit hiding our faith. Now, those are just some examples. The fact is, maybe, just maybe you're hiding your faith at work, at school, outside of these walls. That's something we all need to work on. We have to be able to know, people should know that we're Christians by our love, by our actions, by the example that we set, and for the simple fact that we tell them and we live it in our lives every day. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Well, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I know some farmers out here in the audience today who are thinking, well, yeah, you don't plant as many seeds, you're not going to get as big of a crop, of course. But now think about this with your faith and the seeds that you sow every day with the example that you set. If you just give a little bit of a Christian example, guys, you're not going to get very much back. But if you give a generous Christian example everywhere you go with everything you do in action and in attitude and in your behavior, there's no reason why we can't be tripled, doubled, uh, quadrupled uh, in attendance here. There's no reason why the kingdom of God won't continue to grow and expand every single day across our nation and across our world. Folks, it starts with you. So what are you doing with it? What are you doing with these talents, with these blessings, with these abilities? Hopefully, we're investing in our time, in our resources, in our efforts. That's right. Maximum effort is required. And our time that we have is precious. Mine's, mine's valuable to me. I know that yours is valuable to you. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I feel like I rarely have any moments of free time. There is always something to do. And I know that moms and dads right now are all saying, yep, we get it. We get it, Brother Mikey. We understand 100%. I, I feel like I know me and Ryan Alban, uh, not here today, but 
we've, we've had conversations before. Our wives are nurses. We've got small children. And nurses work 12-hour shifts, right? And sometimes they work 12-hour shifts at night. And sometimes they work 12-hour shifts back-to-back days. And suddenly you're feeling like a single dad just a little bit. But God bless that we're not. Because I know I count on my wife. I know he counts on his. But because of that, sometimes it feels like there's not one minute. Time is valuable. Invest your time with your faith. Invest your time with the church. Invest your time with the example that you set by following Jesus. I promise you, it's an investment worth the risk. And what about your resources? You know, I had money up there for a minute, and I thought, no, it's way deeper than that. It's way deeper than just your dollar bills, your resources. Be generous with them. Invest them in the most important thing you could ever invest them in. But maybe most especially your effort. Are you giving maximum effort? It's really easy to say, I'm trying my hardest. But are you? What about the two guys that had the five bags and the two bags? What did they do? Let's take note of this. Now, these are all God-given, master-given, just like we have. But what did they do? The two good servants were all in. Note the scripture did not say the, the, the servant that had five bags took three bags, played it safe with two, and went and invested the three. Did it? It didn't say that the servant with two bags took one of those bags and put it in a wise investment and then took the other one and put it in the ground with the other guy that just had one. No, he took all five. He took all both. He took both of those. They were all in. They knew it didn't belong to them and they knew they needed to invest. Folks, that's what we need to do. So I have to ask you again, what are you doing with the gift that you've been given? And then... What's your next move? You know the gift. You know what you have been doing. But now, what's your next move? Are you ready to take a step of faith? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And the next two or three verses go right along with that. I'll let you read those on your own. But what is this verse saying? I think it's simply saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can take that next step of faith. Yes, you can invest fully. Yes, you can go all in. Yes, you most certainly can commit. You'll notice in your bulletin today, there's a little check mark for a yes. Or I didn't put the no in there. Because you know what? It's not really an option, is it? As Christians, we must commit. We must be all in. We must be ready to check yes. So I ask you today. Maybe maybe church membership is something that you need to think about. Now, listen. Giving your life to Christ. Being, being baptized for forgiveness of sins. That's going to give you membership into the kingdom. And that's the important thing. But what about church membership here at Hartford Christian Church? Are you ready to put your influence with us? Think about it this way. If you have been thinking about this, 
Think about it like the church has just handed you a little card that says, will you be a part of us? Check yes or no. Let me ask you to check yes. All you need to do for membership, we want to make sure you've been baptized by immersion. We're not going to redo it. We want to make sure you've been baptized by immersion. We're going to ask you to come down the aisle and we're going to ask you to say these words. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and I have taken him as my savior. If you do that, you're ready to commit. It's membership. Or maybe your commitment needs to be something a little bit different. Maybe it's just a matter of getting more involved. Maybe you've been a member for years and years and years and years and years. But the fact is, we've got some non-members who do way more than folks that are members. So maybe it's you being committed, stepping up to the plate, ready to take that next step of faith. To get on board with us. Because we've got work to do. Maybe it's your involvement. Or maybe take another step back. Maybe it's just it's time for you to accept Jesus Christ. Look, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it's time to get baptized if you haven't done that. That's the very next step. It's just like that. Boom. You, you don't wait till a special Sunday, you don't wait a year or two from now, you don't wait until it's most convenient for you, you don't wait until you get the most attention with it, you accept Jesus, you're baptized, that's what scripture says. Don't wait any longer on that, if you haven't done it. Let's get it done. Are you ready to take that next move, that next step? You can check yes on your bulletin, but that's just a bulletin. I'm asking you to, to do this, to follow through. So what's your next move? It's hard to grow your faith inside of your comfort zone. Maybe your next move is now speaking to someone, talking to someone, having that conversation, if you will. Now, how can we describe this conversation that we're going to have? How are we going to describe this? What word can we use here? I thought really long and hard about what word to use here, and I kept changing my mind. First, I had have that tough conversation. But then I thought, is it is it tough? If you're going to ask somebody about Christ, about the relationship, about coming to church with you, about committing, about being baptized, and parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, if you've got someone in your life, Brothers, sisters, children, whoever it may be that needs to take one of these steps, don't be afraid to have that conversation. It's not really tough. We think it is. It's not really awkward, even though we can make it that way. It shouldn't be really uncomfortable, even though we might allow it to be, because it's the most important conversation that you can ever have. So let's not use any of those words. Instead, let's use this word. Let's have that blessed conversation. And maybe that's just a matter of some self-talk with yourself. Taking that moment to stop and say, you know what? I really have to, some decisions to make. I've really got a step of faith to take. Don't wait to have that conversation. Do it today. Do it today. 
Don't wait any longer. Do it today. Yes, it's a blessed conversation, even though it might be tough or awkward or uncomfortable to you. Sometimes, sometimes people just need someone to say, hey, you know what? It's time for you to be baptized. Have you thought about this? It has to be their decision. It absolutely has to be their decision. Sometimes it might just be a matter of someone as waiting for someone to say, hey, have you thought about putting your membership in with us? And you know what? Sometimes you got to take a step of faith on that. So you know what? Some of y'all I'm going to be talking to. And that's a responsibility that I hope I haven't neglected. But some of y'all, I'm going to be asking you. I'm going to be challenging you to think about this. What's this next move going to take? Three words we're going to be looking at in depth over the next few weeks. Courage, desire, and obedience. No matter what your next step may be, whether it's talking to someone else or whether it's making a decision yourself or being more committed or putting your membership in or giving your life to Jesus Christ, it's going to take courage and desire and obedience. You've got to have that courage to go forward. You've got to have a desire to know God. And most certainly, you've got to be obedient. Folks, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We should be saying this every day of our lives. If you have a step of faith to take, do it today. And I hope that today you can also consider yourself challenged. We are challenging you here at Hartford Christian Church. We've got stuff set up for you. Right? Bring a friend Sunday, September 24th. That's for you. It gives you an excuse to ask that question, to have that conversation. We're going to have a fall festival at the end of October, like we did last year, with huge success. And this year, I hope it's even bigger. Use that. We're going to help you do that in the months ahead. But as far as you and your own step of faith, whatever it may be, and I bet every single one of you thought about it today during this sermon, I bet you thought, what can I do next? Consider yourself challenged. And I ask you this week, part of this challenge Scott and I are asking you guys to pray about it. Maybe it's for you to pray about it for our church as a whole. Maybe it's for you to pray about it because you want to know what that next step is. Or maybe it's for you to pray about taking that step yourself. Whatever it may be, the challenge has been issued. Will you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time that we have today. To come to praise your name and to be challenged. Lord, again, we lift up all of our brothers and sisters and friends and family and and folks we don't even know down in Florida and uh, our coastal areas. We ask that you be with them, that you strengthen them. Lord, I also ask that you will be with those here today, that you will strengthen us to make these decisions that we know that we need to make, to take that step of faith and to keep moving forward in our relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you help each and every one of us to remember to pray every day about these decisions Because, Lord, we know it's just too important. Help us, Lord, to follow you faithfully, obediently, courageously, with full desire and maximum effort. We ask all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.